nice uh, hour and 20 some odd minute meeting. So, flying uh, by. Flying by. About, actually, make that an hour and 40 minutes or so. Okay. It's not sort bad. of flying by. Yeah, it's not bad. A lot of good conversation, uh, a little bit uh, in the minutia when it comes to board appointments and uh, commission appointments, but uh, still important conversations to be had there. Uh, we're also going to focus a lot on the um, last few moments of the meeting where a citizen addressed the council and um, kind of a nightmare scenario uh, for somebody who lives inside um, the city uh, in a uh, more dense uh, area. Uh, so we'll hear about that and what happened over the last weekend and what could possibly be happening in uh, this weekend as well. Uh, maybe what some of the uh, uh, law enforcement efforts are going to be around that. So stay tuned uh, on that, uh, the, the latter part of the of the program here. But let's get into um, the city's finances real quick. Uh, it's important that we hear the treasurer's report when it's given. Uh, so that we have a better understanding of the city's finances uh, you know, for weeks uh, and months, actually. And there didn't seem to be any change. But uh, last week, Chris, we noticed that uh, uh, the overall cash on hand dropped from like $16 million to about $13 million. Sure. Uh, where are we standing at now? The corporate fund in the month of May had a beginning balance of $16,925,094. We took in total receipts of $8,375,986. We had total disbursements in the month of May of $11,792,006, which left the corporate fund with an ending balance in the month of May of $13,509,074. So that's just for the end of May. Right. That was the preliminary number she gave last week. She pretty much reaffirmed them this week. So. Reiterating that we are spending $3 million more than we're taking than in. We're taking in. Uh, so we'll see how that... Um, either is compounded or uh, if it's level uh, in future reports. So just want to keep that number fresh in people's heads so that next time yeah, they hear Q the numbers, yeah. they know what's going on. Q September by Earth, Wind, and Fire, because that's what we Whew. broke. Yeah. Um, moving on, a uh, lot of discussion about appointments. Um, there was a, a package of appointments, uh, three or four individuals that was up for consideration, but it was held in committee. There was another one that we'll hear about a little bit later on that was moved to pass, was not held in committee. So uh, Alderman Chuck Redpath, he wanted to actually bring those ones that were held in committee for whatever reasons, uh, and he wanted to have up or down votes on these individuals. Uh, so here's his move. Yes, Mayor, I, I think it's important that we either vote these up or vote them down. Uh, everybody has their own opinions on how we want to proceed on this, and uh, let's just... If you don't want to vote for him, don't vote for him. If you do, let's do. Let's get this moving. So um, his effort was to try to get these names on uh, a vote and have Alderman vote up or down on them, as Aldermen do. But um, uh, right now they remained in committee. Alderwoman DeCenso uh, laid out why she wants to hold off on voting on appointments. Well one is the requirement to live in the city of Springfield, and the other is the um, requirement that anyone, any one person only sit, serves on one board of commission. So those are two measures that are on first reading. Those measures are not up for consideration uh, for final action last night, 
but they're up for first reading. She wanted to get those passed before they vote on any future appointments. So I think those two need to be voted on and decided by the council before we move forward with any future appointments. And Alderman Redpath, um, he wants to just move forward, get up or down votes. I, I said for consideration, but they can be on the debate agenda. That's I'll second that motion for debate agenda. It's Alderman McMiniman. He's down with the idea of going ahead and getting those up and down votes. Now, Alderwoman Turner um, raised issue as to why uh, having the other measures voted on uh, about residency and about um, people being appointed to only one board or only one commission instead of multiple. Uh, she starts to talk about the residency issue. It's a, a bit absurd for a non-city resident to be formulating policy for city residents. And ba and that's basically what boards and commissions do. They formulate policy. And she also talked about um, having a, a different voices on these commissions, because sometimes uh, it seems like the same names pop up for all of these. In the conversation, we have to invite many more people to the table. If we continue to just listen to the same old voices, and if we continue to just go to the usual suspects, um, so to speak, we're going to hear the hear the same thing, and and we're just going to be, um, you know, kind of running in place. So what they ultimately did there um, was there were again three or four different appointments uh, kind of lumped together, and um, they held those in committee. Uh, Alderman Redpath tried to get them out of committee, uh, but there wasn't an, uh, enough people to agree with getting them out of committee, um, so they kind of just left that there. Dealt with some other ordinances. And then they came back to a, an appointment that was up for final passage. Uh, and there was this conversation again. Uh, Alderman Redpath uh, reiterated that uh, he wanted to vote up or down for all of the appointments, not just a select few. I don't think that there's votes are there to pass it to get it off the floor. So that's I think we just moved on. But I think we do need a vote on that, Mayor, just to clarify. Right. We'll do them all together. Is that what you want to do? No. My motion on the first ones was to bring it off the, off out of the out of committee for consideration. Right. We never did vote on that. So that that's got to be, that's got to be a vote that has to take place. Makes sense, Chris. Yeah, sorta, <laughs> kinda. Okay, now I'm confused. <laughs> what, what happened was Alderman Red. Okay. If you don't mind, sir. So we'll go ahead. Okay, and so. <laughs> <laughs> this can happen from time to time yeah. in the sausage making process. Right. Uh, something gets held up. Have, and, yeah, right, exactly. First, we have to have this done before we can go to that. You right. Know, it's kinda, and that's where Red Path <laughs> was trying to walk him back a little bit. And we were already, like you said, halfway through the sausage making okay, process. Now I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Alderman McMiniman here, um, I think, really kind of spells out uh, uh, why it's important that uh, uh, they actually vote on these things. Three S's, seven seconded that before I, i'm gonna do it again <laughs> we, we just got kind of tied up there got right. a little bit tied up there uh so uh moving on now let's uh let's hear the the um uh the vote and uh alderman redpath and this again was to bring a, a bunch of appointments from being held to actually vote on last night. And the vote three was? Three yeses, seven noes, Mayor. So three yeses, seven noes. Um, they, the majority of aldermen did not want to bring those other ones out of committee. Uh, so moving on now, McMiniman, he says, this is a real disservice to these volunteers uh, who've been in limbo for weeks. Really doing a disservice to our volunteers that wish to serve on our committees. They've been held and held and held. Some of these nominee nominees 
live in our city and only would be serving on one commission or board. I think we should go through these one by one like Alden Redpath first suggested and those that we can approve, we approve. If someone's got an objection to any of them, they can state their objection. We have to, you know, we can't treat people like this to get nominated where they get passed over and passed over. It's just a disservice to our volunteers. So he's just encouraging that uh, they actually move uh, expeditiously on that. So I don't think they voted on any appointments last night. I might be wrong, uh, but uh, I'm as confused as the mayor is. On <laughs> What's going on there? Uh, so um, we'll take a break, come back, and hear about uh, new enforcement measures that uh, is supposed to go after uh, problem properties and people who aren't you know willing to clean up their garbage or clean up uh, you know the, the stuff that's just hanging out outside, causing uh, some public health problems and maybe some nuisance issues. Uh, so we'll talk about that, and then we'll get into uh, what really is, gosh, I couldn't imagine being in the situation of, a, uh, you know, you're in a neighborhood, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, you see 600 kids gather at a park across the street, you hear gunshots, and the police are saying, we've been told to stand down. That's the story from one city resident. We'll hear his story, we'll hear wow. the older woman's response, we'll hear the, the police response. Uh, and uh, we'll unpack all of that coming up. So stay wow. tuned. I think a very important story that uh, that needs to be aired. Just a few little moments here about um, the new ordinance that did pass last night uh, concerning uh, adding more enforcement teeth to uh, those who may be uh, letting garbage pile up on their property. Here's Alderman Ralph Hanauer. And this is the beginning of, of the changes um, to help add, add additional um, enforcement um, uh, teeth, I, I call it teeth, you know, uh, to, to help our, our inspectors. And the idea of stopping people from getting out of, out of uh, fines because they wait 30 days or right before, um, right before the uh, admin court to, uh, to abate it. It's not fair to the neighbors. Yeah, it's uh, also not fair to the city, uh, who's trying to hold people accountable, but um, sometimes it appears that there are games that are played. Uh, Alderman Ralph Hanauer um, pushing forward with this as well. We have a track record of, of habitual problems, and that takes that, that gives them a brand new fresh start, which means they should be on level two or level three already. And uh, some of them are pretty aggressive. So, very briefly. The, whenever you're dealing with fines, it's going to be prospective only. You cannot make a fine retroactive. So this is not going to go after those who already have uh, some of these things leveled against them. It would only be for future events. Uh, more from Alderman Redpath. The bottom line is, is that they've already been fined. It's not, they, they've been, the, I guess that's the cost of what it costs to clean up. So that's not Correct. considered there's a, a fine. There's a, there's a recovery of costs. Okay. which could be actually significantly higher than a fine. So there's that option as well. Uh, Alderman Ralph Hanauer. This is for property. Absolutely. Throughout the city, if uh, it doesn't matter if they rent them out or if they live in them. If there's a, if there's a problem, they're going to get cited. And Alderman Gregory uh, says why this is uh, extremely important to go after people who just keep playing games of the city. The old gang used to be, we're cleaning up a day before we go to admin court. Now, if, if, if they want them, we have to go there, which we don't like to. Now they're going to get that 150 fine the first time they go to admin court. And then the second time, it's going to be 300 and on and on every time that they make it to admin court. 
So just uh, letting people know that's going to be the uh, movement moving forward. If uh, you don't get that thing cleaned up within seven days and go to admin court, you're getting fined instead of the old way where you could possibly clean it up right before going to admin court. And then in administrative court, uh, the fines could be dropped. So that doesn't appear to be what's happening here. Uh, Alderman McMiniman just wants to make sure the public knows. Just got to make sure the public understands that that uh, we're giving everyone a, a, chance, a reasonable amount of time and opportunity to fix the problems with this ordinance. So uh, maybe something we'll visit with uh, some code enforcers in the future to, to lay out uh, what some of the, uh, the major problems are and uh, how this could help alleviate some of those concerns and maybe change the culture of how uh, these things are addressed in the city of Springfield. Yeah, well, you certainly want to put some teeth into them, and this does it. So. Yeah. Uh, coming up, we'll hear from uh, citizen Randy Lewis, who has some serious concerns about uh, what he's seen just across the way from his house at Comer Cox Park. And what he says is um, an alarming uh, thing he was told by police that they were told to stand down. So we'll get reaction from all over the place last night at Springfield City Council meeting. It's the council roundup. So uh, after a lot of, uh, you know, measures moved on consent, on debates, there was some conversation about uh, how to best allocate resources from uh, the recreational cannabis revenue. Uh, Alderwoman Doris Turner says that there's a... Uh, a good moment here uh, with uh, increased awareness on minority communities and disparities. She wants to focus and make sure that uh, the tax revenue from cannabis sales that the city will be able to have uh, to use for non uh, nonprofit organizations and whatnot and community development. Uh, she's really pushing for that to, to happen expeditiously uh, to get some decisions made there. So we may hear about that more in the future as well. Um, but I, I definitely wanted to get this in, uh, and I think it's an important conversation that needs to be had. And I've even reached out to uh, have the police chief on uh, sometime this week because what happened last weekend could happen again this weekend. And what exactly is that? Well, uh, citizen Randy Lewis uh, joined the council last night remotely uh, for a discussion about uh, what he experienced over the weekend, and it's rather gut-wrenching to listen to. It's a street from Comacox Park. I think the police officers dropped the ball on this weekend because the simple fact of it is when everything was kicking off, I kept on asking them, I said, where is your help? They kept on responding to me the whole weekend. Call your alderman. I said, what does my alderman have to do with 600 people in the park? They said, well, from your alderman and from our commander, we were told to stand down. And also, from several conversations I had with the police, that they said that they knew about this block party, so-called, this weekend, because they got a flyer. They had a flyer, and they said it was from 10 until. I said, from 10 until when? 10 in the morning or 10 in the evening? Because if it's at 10 in the evening, you guys should have stopped it from when you first seen the flyer. Whew. Wow. So... When you have hundreds of people gathering at a park during the evening hours, the parks are closed at certain times. What that? Sure. Parks, parks closed, what, like uh, sundown? Yeah, something like that, or maybe 10. I'm not sure. 9.30 it might be. Okay. So, uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, parks aren't open. No. <laughs> that seems to be when uh, some of the problems really start arise after... Um, Hundreds well, the, of people gather. Well, the other part of it, too, is that if hundreds are gathering, isn't there a permit needed for that? Especially in a closed park? Yeah. 
you would imagine. Uh, he continues um, with with more about what he experienced. First of all, they didn't understand or didn't even know that Alderman Gregory, when we woke up Saturday morning, was out there by himself picking up garbage. And we all went out there, and he had some other people with him helping him. Also, he had a member of the park district helping him. That's uncalled for. That is uncalled for. That is, should be embarrassing to the city of Springfield for your police department to sit there and say, call your alderman. And our commander told us to stand down. They only allocated three people for over here at this park tonight. Come on now. That's not, that's not real. <sighs> I can't imagine. I I, just, I couldn't imagine being at home watching that gathering, thinking to yourself, "Okay, I'm gonna, this is this looks like it could get out of hand. I'm going to call police." Sure. And then you call police, and they say, "Well, we were told by um, Alderman and by uh, our commander to stand down." We need to get Sean Gregory on. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll hear from uh, Alderwoman Turner here in a bit, uh, and also from the police chief. Uh, but here's the mayor. Uh, the chief has had conversation with the park district. Uh, to get additional help. So we are uh, putting, uh, there will, the will be more this weekend. Mm, so there's going to be. Is that the Park a... District Police that they're talking about with additional help? Yes, I would imagine okay. uh, that's Park District. Uh, but even they have, what, like two or three officers? Yeah, something in total. Like that. Yeah. Um, so they would have to request backup from Springfield PD, and even Springfield PD has limited resources at certain times. So we'll hear from the uh, police chief on that, but more from the mayor. When you have individuals that number, you have to get it on the forefront. And I know Chief Winslow's looking at how we can do that and uh, move forward in that direction. But this is, you know, we're just at the start of summer. Yeah. Uh, and as I said earlier, when I was talking to the Sheriff's Association, they said they uh, anticipate more uh, stories of the, this type of activity happening because after three months of lockdown and then, you know, the kids aren't in school and people are uh, they're out of jobs. Uh, as the temperatures increase, you're going to have a lot more outdoor activity, which could increase uh, criminal activity. Sure. Uh, here's more from uh, Randy. You can stand in my yard and hear everything. And those who know where I live at can surely say, I know Randy heard it. But then as soon as everything kicked off and they started shooting, because my concern was to the police officer, man, what are you going to do if something break out? By that time, the shooting started, and it was probably 100 yards from me, and I was in my front yard. The police officer, both of us, took off running. My God, next thing you know, you know, I ran in my house. My lady was with me. She fell on the ground. I turned around. My heart dropped to my feet because I thought she had got shot. You know, and I'm asking her, are you hit? She says, no, I'm all right. Do you? We don't have to live like that over here. We, don't not, we do not have to live like that over here. It's frightening. It really is. More from Randy. But, you know, you, you can't just live like this. And you can't have your police officer, the ones that's supposed to protect and serve, tell you over and over again, call your alderman. Because like I told him, there's nothing Sean can do with 600 people by himself. So I'm just disappointed, disgusted, but I also am willing to work with everyone to see that this problem doesn't happen again. Alderwoman Turner chimed in to respond to some of this. In various places throughout the city, and it's unfortunate um, because it does lead to um, not only property damage, but it leads to uh, 
loss of life. Yeah, uh, we've seen that happen uh, several weekends in a row. Uh, people getting shot or people dying from gunshots. Uh, she does respond to the question of uh, this stand-down order. It's, it's, it's definitely not accurate that Alderman Gregory or myself ever said to anyone, uh, a law enforcement officer or anyone else, that we are condone those act, that activity. We certainly never said that. We certainly never said that we approve of it. We certainly never said that we didn't want law enforcement to address it. That was never, ever said. Now, there was that moment, though, where they were critical of law enforcement not shutting down like the... Um uh, uh, the the reopen Illinois protests while going after um, what police said was a block party. If you remember that, that was sure, conversation yeah. you know a month and a half, two months ago or so. Uh, so there was that conversation. I don't know if this stems from that, but uh, it's still you know the the the, the citizen here, Randy. Uh, we'll hear from him. He he says he's not lying. <laughs> he's not making this up. Uh, Alderwoman Turner uh, continued on to talk about uh, now, the, the issues. Situation that happened. At Comer Cox Park, that's that's one thing. But we also have these situations where people, where businesses allow people, you know, two and three hundred people to conjugate on their property. And she said that needs to have a stop put to it as well. Police Chief Kenny Winslow. We have had our conversation with our officers that there's a thousand people or so, and you can't go in three and four deep when you only got 20 officers for the whole streets or 25 officers for the entire streets. And we're dealing with these all across the city plus additional issues. And you shouldn't have to live like that, and neither should any of the uh, citizens over there. And we are working diligently, as the alderman and the alderman said, about trying to get a plan together. He continued. What we really need here is we need the citizens of Springfield to come forward and tell our young people that even though we know there's a pandemic going along on right now, and there's no place to go, there's no clubs open, there's no place to go, that going to the park and going to residential neighborhoods and throwing these types of parties that, that usually turn violent, is not an option. We cannot do that. So he's asking for the community to step up, put the message out. This is not acceptable. That we're going to have plenty of manpower out there, and we're going to be taking people to jail. And that's not what we want to do. We don't want to be arresting people. We don't want to be out there, uh, you know, giving people a bunch of citations because we know they're they're tired. We understand they want something to do, but this is not an option. And we agree with you 100%. And the police chief continues. Some of the things we're going to do are going to be an inconvenience to you in order to keep people out of that neighborhood. We ask for you to work with us. Um, we'll be reaching out to you probably tomorrow and discuss some of these options as well as the other neighbors in that area. But we're going to need your assistance on this in order to make this successful. And I did put the request in to have the police chief on uh, to talk about what some of those strategies may be that the neighbors in that area need to know. He said it could inconvenience them, um, but I think that that's an important public conversation that we need to have. Yep. Um, but he also uh, continues to talk about the problems. And this cannot be just a law enforcement issue. This is a community problem. It's been going on for 25 years, and it's only grown bigger and bigger because of the advent of social media. Because as soon as we go to one area and shut it down, they're already on social media saying where the next location they're going. So we know that's what's going to happen this weekend. We're going to do our best to control it to uh, the best of our ability. What we really need here is the community to step up together and talk to the people out there, typically anywhere from 17 to 30. We need the help of our young people here and those who are influential in our community to help us say, this isn't acceptable. This isn't good. Now, well, the chief's absolutely right, though. Yeah, uh, the community needs to step up. The it, police it, can only do. do so much. Everybody and, has to. And yeah. if it gets out of control and there's not enough cops, is that when we bring in the National Guard? 
Yeah, is well, that when we tag the, the sheriff's department to get them in here and, yeah, and that, tag the well, other area police departments to get them in here? Listen, the, again, the, a lot of this debate is centered on personal responsibility. Really and, 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 and this well, is. And, and when, it, when a citizen sees something that they're uncomfortable with and they call sure. the police and the police tell them to stand, that they were told to stand down, that's, that's concerning. So well, Randy that, wanted to address that and, in particular, respond to Alderwoman Turner. I would like to uh, say that I would never say nothing that or repeat anything that was untrue or I didn't hear. So, and I questioned that officer twice. And I said, what do you mean by stand down? He said, well, my commanding officer and the alderman said they didn't want nobody to get it, to intervene. And I said, are you serious? And and that was told to me all weekend. <sighs> and then finally here, he, uh, he puts in his last two cents on this issue. If you had 600 kids out there, and I've seen 600, and I can say every one of them was masked, didn't have a mask on. So then they go home to their parents' house, to their grandparents' house. We don't have a chance. So I would imagine we'll hear more about this in the days ahead, especially after whatever may transpire. We have to find out about the stand down order because no one, no one is on record saying I did not say stand down. No one is on record. Doris Turner, Sean Gregory. She said that it's not true that Alderman said to stand down. Right. But you've got that citizen who said they asked the same police officer multiple times and were told that they were told to stand down. Uh, so we'll try to get some clarity on that, but uh, it's just a, a, a hard story to hear a resident of Springfield having to live through that.